strike fear into the heart of Robert McDowell. <laughs> but but uh, actually, I'll, I'll say something nice. <laughs> and, and only nice but true. You, you notice, if you notice the picture that went by during the, the slideshow, it was Robert and Cindy in aprons at camp. And, and uh, there were two things going on in that picture. One was, well, there's a lot more than two, but one was they were wearing shirts that said something to the effect of proud to be as the parent of an army ranger. Is ranger airborne, what is, Josh? Air assault. Air assault. Yeah, that's, that's actually a lot of fun. I've never done it, but I've watched it, and it looks like fun. Uh, and, uh, and that's just exciting. But they're also, you know, the other thing they're wearing is the aprons, which is uh, just a, a powerful, powerful statement that uh, you notice behind them there's a bunch of people eating and having fun, and Robert and Cindy are there working at camp. And uh, it just, it, it's, you know, camp is, is not the whole sum of their ministry, but it's, it's the, probably the face that everybody sees uh, the most. And it, it just blesses you if you go out there and see Robert and Cindy serving, especially at ice cream time. <laughs> because Cindy, in order to get down on that ice cream, she has to climb up on a, on a <laughs> stool to reach down. And you walk and you go, Cindy, you're so tall. <laughs> Uh, but she loves doing that. She loves serving the kids and, and seeing the smiles on their faces when she does the ice cream. And, and it, they are a blessing wherever they go. And so, Robert, with me saying nice things about you, Hi. you just write this date down. Come on up here. <laughs> I'm uh, taken back here a little bit. Um, Pastor Steve saying nice things about me. I don't know how. Yeah, I wasn't emotionally prepared for that. And uh, your pastor can definitely get away with that. I've known your pastor and his lovely bride, Joan. Uh, the so... I didn't pray enough this morning for all this. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I didn't pray enough for this. Uh, yeah, we went to Bible college together, so uh, I was actually a little bit nervous. When I saw the one picture of us up there, I thought, uh-oh, Pastor Steve has gone to the Bible college annuals and pulled up some of those pictures, which if you're having a rough day, you know, one of those stressful days, if you need a nice little laugh to pick you up, Ask Steve for those annuals. Look at his pictures, okay, <laughs> uh, on there. So anyway, yes, uh, if you haven't got the, almost said the honor to meet us. If you haven't got the, <laughs> I am completely thrown off this morning. Yes, thank you, uh, Pastor Steve. And uh, so anyway, if you haven't got to, to meet us yet, uh, Robert and Cindy McDowell, and uh, uh, I've had the honor to be an in-faith missionary now for uh, 34, 35 years, something like that. I think this will be my 35th year at Camp Kokolala. So if you want to laugh, just look at, you know, in the dining hall, there's pictures, well, of your pastor, too, up there, uh, of decades prior. So uh, there's a picture of me up there from 80, 1987 or 88. Uh, and there's lots of the hair color is a little different. <clears throat> uh, the shape is a little different, etc., etc., etc. So uh, it's good to be here with you guys. Good to see you. Uh, we don't get to see you often enough, it seems like. I, I know uh, Pastor John's been trying to rein us in here for uh, oh, since last summer, I think it was. 
So, and then Pastor Steve stepped up and uh, <coughs> cornered us. Uh, <coughs> so, anyway, it's good to be here. Um, yes, um, you know, I'll just share my life's verse first. My life's verse is Philippians 3.8, which states, and a number of you know this, it'll sound familiar. What is more, Paul says, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I love that verse. I love that verse. That's my, I chose that as my life verse. I'll say that again. What is more, I consider every, and think of the Apostle Paul. This is not your sermon this morning. Uh, who had, who was a man of privilege back when he was Saul. Uh, he says, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You know, fascinating there. Have you ever thought of this? Uh, where would you or I be without Jesus in our life? Man, we, we'd be a mess. We've ta- Cindy and I have talked about this. We would be flat a mess. We have the hope of Jesus in us. And we praise the Lord for that. And hopefully we don't take that too much for granted. <clears throat> I mean, we do take it for granted ultimately. But hopefully we appreciate that for what it is. So I love Jesus. Uh, I, Robert McDowell, love Jesus. When I was a little bitty boy, in fact, in an in faith, back then it was AM, wait a minute, no, it was ASSU. <laughs> That's right, this had been 1971, and uh, you guys, a number of you know Gene Lewin. Uh, he came to our little church, and, uh, you know, I forgot it was him. And then years later, I heard him preach again, I went, it's my spiritual father, my spiritual dad. And I remember him preaching there at Happy Home Community Church up uh, north of Spokane, up by Deer Park. And uh, after he preached, I went home, got on my knees in my, uh, in my little sunflower garden at 10 years old. And I says, Jesus, I am a sinner. Save me. And he saved me right there. Uh, if you drive by my house now during the summer, I have about 150, 200 sunflowers in my garden, and that is why. I have people ask me, why are you growing the sunflowers? You asked. <laughs> Let me share with you why. And so I'm so thankful for Jesus. Uh, the older I get, you guys could probably say amen to this, the sweeter heaven is looking, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, boy, it's coming. Is 2019, this is not my sermon, so don't count any of this time. Uh, So uh, uh, 2019, is this the year that Jesus calls the church home? Oh, boy. And so anyway, uh, I love Jesus. We love Jesus. We know Jesus is is real. And we're trying the best we know how to drag as many people kicking and screaming if need be into heaven along with us. And so uh, there's a number of different ways that uh, I love leading people to Jesus. I love leading people to Jesus. In, in our ministry, the Lord has given us, um, I have that honor to do, uh, to lead anywhere from, this is a good rough estimate, between 100 and 300 people a year to come to know Jesus as their Savior. Now, the Lord gets all the glory, and if you really knew who I was, I am uh, an insecure person. I am quiet. I remember back in that little uh, ASSU church, the pastor said, Rob, and I was just a little guy, Rob, someday you're going to be a pastor. 
And when he said that, I just went, mm, not me, no, no. But I'm, I praise the Lord that the Lord has called us into this ministry. And so we do that a number of different ways. I have the honor of uh, church planting. We've had the honor to do that a number of times, plant churches. Uh, I've done, uh, I forget how many vac- vacation Bible schools out and about. Of course, there's the camp ministry, etc. So a lot of, uh, and then there's a lot of one-on-one. I love the one-on-one God uh, providential moments that we have. I have Bibles in my car, Bibles in my pickup that we hand out to random people as the Lord brings people to us. So, uh, uh, you know, how much do I, you know, I will give a little bit of uh, an older story. Older, this is from a vacation Bible school. few years back, in fact, we have these, uh, In Faith decided to put this into a monthly, uh, into their magazine, uh, this little flyer of this little story. And a few years back, um, I decided that the Lord was um, leading me to do a vacation Bible school up here on the reservation, <clears throat> up here out of Wellpennant. And I learned a lot of things by that experience. And I, I learned, one of the things I learned is how needy our um, Native Americans are of the gospel and how cut short they are of it. And uh, so as a good little missionary, I thought, well, okay, we had a group, a youth leadership group, all trained up, ready to go, and they were willing to do it. There was 12 of them uh, from the Springdale Church. And so uh, a, a couple of weeks prior to this was after camp, a couple of weeks prior, uh, I went up there and went door to door through the town of Wellpennant. Hi, my name is uh, missionary Rob McDowell. First of all, I went to the tribe, asked permission, the council, etc., all of those kind of things. Learned a lot of things through that. Went door to door. Uh, got to share the gospel with uh, several people doing that. <clears throat> so did all this work, and I said, okay, we're, we're going to have this at the, the powwow ground such and such time. And I was all pumped up. Okay, we're going to get the, the privilege of leading all sorts of these dear, dear people to Jesus, these little kids, maybe their parents too. So... Boom, the first day, it rains. Powell Grounds is about, a, it's at least a half mile, maybe it's a mile out of town. I thought, okay, that's going to hurt us. Sure enough, one little Indian boy comes, walks all the way. I'm waiting to start VBS. I'm going, okay, we have one. And so there's 14 of us. The youth pastor, me, 12 workers working there. I thought, okay, this is what the Lord has brought. Let's roll. The whole time there was spiritual warfare going on to the point where as the group was doing the different aspects of Vacation Bible School, I was back there praying. And uh, sure enough, the first day came and went really well. Uh, Second day, I'm going, okay, who comes? Here comes this one little Indian boy, walks all the way to the powwow grounds. I thought, well, okay. 12 12 of the teenagers doing it and me and the youth pastor there. And uh, we did it that, you know, had a great VBS that day. And it was really cute. Uh, One of the things we do is Bible trivia in the vacation Bible schools. You know, boys versus girls. So it's like, okay, think outside the box. Time to modify uh, Bible trivia. So Little Marvin, that's his name, Little Marvin. And he was just a little bitty guy. I had 10 years old, probably. And so we thought, well, how could we do this? But it was really, really cute. He knew nothing of the scriptures. So we kept score, okay? <clears throat> we kept score. Marvin knew nothing. Okay, uh, 
So they would ask us, I said, says, you, you got to make them a simple question. Okay, who crossed the Red Sea? But what was really sweet is those kids, the, the kids, the youth leadership, uh, teeny boppers, teenagers, the young adults, would open up their Bible, sit next to Marvin, and go, okay, Marvin, take a look here. And the Marvin would read, would read pretty soon. He would go, Moses. And, okay, one point for Marvin. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Next Bible trivia question. You know, it was another simple one. Who was the first man in the Bible? One of the uh, youth leadership would open it up. Marvin read, Adam. Okay, Marvin, another point. And it was great. So that was Tuesday. Wednesday came, and there was a lot of spiritual warfare going on. A lot of spiritual warfare. And I thought, okay, we're going to get run out of here. Just basically, I thought, we're going to get run out of here. And uh, lo and behold, uh, here comes, guess who? Marvin, all by himself. And I told the group, I says, you know what? We should probably have an altar call today. Because uh, I don't think the, yeah, they're going to allow us to go any further here. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> it got to Bible trivia time. It was really sweet. So same thing. Simple questions, uh, salvation questions. Usually we wait till Thursday to do an altar call, but we're ramping it up on Wednesday here. So Marvin's reading out of the Bible, looking for the answers to the question. Pretty soon Marvin says this. He says this. I'll never forget it. He says, hey, this book has the answers to all the questions. I just went. I, I got Jesus bumps right now. Them's Jesus bumps. I got them all over me. Score. Spot on. That's the spirit of God working on a little bitty Marvin. Sure enough, the youth leadership group did an altar call. Guess who got saved that day? Little Marvin got saved that day. Okay. Uh, the, tri the tribe let us do finish it out. Uh, the next day, another little guy came, um, uh, Marvin's cousin or something. And then the last day, I think we had eight. But uh, little Marvin got saved up there. So uh, we love leading people to Jesus. My wife has a ministry, and we do all sorts of things. I wear lots of different hats, okay? Uh, I preach all over the place. Let's see, last week I was in the church next to the camp, Southside Community Church. The week before that, I preached at a church in Chihuahua. Uh Here in two weeks, Easter, I'll be preaching two churches on Easter morning, Valley Bible Church and also another church in Chihuahua. Uh I don't even remember where I've all been here lately, but I get to torment and tease all sorts of people out there. Score. <laughs> okay, my wife has, uh, the Lord allows my wife to do some work. Okay, I'm still wired here. Uh, you know, a missionary wife you know, or a wife to a career missionary isn't a whole lot different than a wife to other people. So I follow him around, and I'm a secretary, and, you know, I, wherever the car goes, I get in and I follow him. Um, I, I do serve at camp. Uh, Lord um, often will bring women to me or, young, or our teenagers I love teenagers. <laughs> They're my favorite. Got some of our kids scattered here. Um, we, we both love teenagers. So some people think we're weird because of that. But <laughs> um, interesting, as I was sitting there, I have a note card full of notes about different things that I do. But the Lord uh, had laid on my heart. I know uh, a year or so ago we had sent uh, our support 
thank you note to you guys and, and had mentioned our son in there. And um, Pastor Steve had told us, our oldest son, and so Pastor Steve had told us there were people who were had committed to pray for Jared. And I just wanted to say thank you, um, not just from us, but from all missionaries or all those in the ministry. Uh, I don't, I, I mean, I, you can say, oh, yeah, prayer is important, but I don't know if you realize how important that is when you're on the field. Uh, it, it, it makes all the difference. So here's just a recent example. I served at Quilt Retreat at Coquilala Lake Bible Camp. We use uh, a craft retreat. You may think, like, why are you just quilting at camp? But that opens doors. Um, when you sit down across the table and you're doing the same craft with someone, uh, that's community. And you, you are able to speak the same language right away to that person. So you'll notice on our table we have that verse that says, become all things to all men that we might win some. And uh, that's part of the reason we do that at Kokolala. So the doors are open right away because we have a shared um, a shared craft. Well, this last one in March, um, the week of quilt retreat, uh, the warfare, as Rob was talking about with Marvin at the, the powwow grounds, uh, the warfare was high. So I was, I was sick. Linda Nelson was sick. We both had gotten like a stomach virus the day before. That's always exciting. Um, and Aaron, our food services, Dirk, the head of the camp, um, Susie and Robbie, they're in, uh, I don't remember what their name of their maintenance and hospitality. They all had a different virus that had just laid them down. Uh, Leslie went to run errands in, in Coeur d'Alene, and her, her vehicle uh, had an electrical issue, and the windows were going up and down, and the lights were flashing, and all sorts of stuff. That was the day before, re or no, that might have been the morning of retreat. Um, I mean, it's just, and that, that's not uncommon. It, it's almost laughable, except for it's serious. But that's what, our, that's what it's like at Kokoala. When we have retreats, when we have camps, the warfare is off the chart. And that's just the beginning. And we, you know, we had other pe you know, some of the people who are coming, and they'll say, boy, it was the hardest thing to get here because um, Satan doesn't want us to gather, and he doesn't want us to share the word, and he doesn't want us to love on these people that are coming in hurt and broken. So... Thank you for your prayers. Um, it's been said that if you've got a missionary kid um, or pastor's kid, that they have a, a red bullseye painted on their back and Satan's after them. Uh, and, and we've seen that across, you know, not just our family, but across the board. So our, our oldest, Jared, is um, he's the one who's schizophrenic and he's an alcoholic and an addict. And we've had a few months this last year that were actually kind of good compared to, I mean, when, when someone's mentally ill, good is uh, relative. Um, but we had some time with him where he was not using, or at least if he was, it wasn't much. Um, so he was kind of our kid. I mean, we'd have glimpses of our boy in there. But right now he's back using street drugs and drinking on top of his um, his psych psychotic drugs, and that's not a good mix. So uh, at this moment, we, we for a while we were able to go and like run errands with them together. And at this moment, Rob's been doing it alone because it really isn't safe for both of us to be there. You know, don't want to have, if, if he were to go off, wouldn't want both parents to be gone. So that's just the reality of our life at this point. Um, so if you think of Jared, again, you can pray for him that the Lord would, one of my prayers is that he would be, um, so schizophrenia tends to bring an obsession about whatever their conspiracy is or whatever. I pray Lord, that the Lord would just 
cause him, you know, to set him free from that and that he would be obsessed with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then our, our Katie is still in Wisconsin. She's an optician and she works in her church and uh, she's a kid magnet and she loves children. So, and the <laughs> last, last, they're, do, they're getting ready for Easter like all of us. And in her classroom last week, they, uh, so she's teaching like probably six to nine year olds about, and uh, their, their object lesson, their, uh, you know, get their minds, get their attentions was pin the ear on the servant. <laughs> so, like pin, you know, pin the tail on the donkey. Katie had it on the wall and they learned about, you know, when, <laughs> when Judas betrayed Christ and the guy, you know, Peter cut off his ear. That was pin the ear on the servant. I wonder where she got her sense of humor. Just, you know, just, just thought. <laughs> uh, but anyway, she, she works with those little guys in the morning. She has what she calls her stinky boys in the evening. And those are the fifth and sixth grade boys that tell her their verses. And then she works with the teens as well. And that's, that's her passion. She loves kids. And she loves to teach them about Christ. Um, and then our youngest is Joshua. He's stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Um, has been preparing for a international mortarman competition. So he was handpicked on base to do that. And Friday he called us and said, Mom and Dad, I have bad news. Uh, someone didn't do the paperwork, and we don't get to go. So and it, he was supposed to leave today to go to Fort Benning for that. And as we're talking to him on the phone, he gets a phone call for him and his superior. He goes, Mom, I got to, Mom and Dad, I got to put you on hold, you know. And the sergeant major of the base got wind of this and has commanded that Josh and his unit, his mortarman unit, uh, report to his office tomorrow, and they will be awarded uh, a medal for their their hard work and commitments, and they're going to uh, give them a a pass from pre-ranger and send him to ranger school, him and this unit. So... That's if the Army doesn't change their mind again. <laughs> and that seems to be very consistent above all else in the Army. <laughs> so anyway, that's an update on our kids. Thank you for praying for us. That's, that's the main thing I wanted you to hear is it matters that you pray for us and for other missionaries and your pastor and his wives and all of that. So. Your, your, your side mission, just a little bit. Oh, a little more about what I do. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, one of those things that I do um, quite a bit um, as the Lord leads or as he brings them is to minister to teens and women. I mentioned that. Um, and one of, the, one of the ones that seem to be recurring in that is women who are teens that have been abused at some point in their life. So, again, I encourage you, one in four girls and one in six boys have, have been sexually abused in their life. That's just one. That's only one kind of abuse. There's physical abuse, emotional abuse. Um, all of that alters people forever. Now, God is above that, and he uses all things for good. So what a gift it is when you can come alongside someone and just love them through it. It's a, it's a difficult journey, and they need somebody that's just there and sturdy. And um, I'm not a counselor or trained counselor or anything, but I can point them to Jesus, and I can hug on them and love on them. And that's a gift and a privilege. And that, trust me, it, you have that all around you in your community and in your church. Uh, it, 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 there's, no, um, there's no difference in statistics inside the church or outside the church. So it's, it's a great privilege to do that um, and then help them to find the help in other ways that they need.
Does that cover it? Okay, very good. Um, you can hold on to that. Wait, wait to sit down. Uh, just a couple more things here, uh, ministry-wise, before I start preaching from God's Word here. Uh, we have a table set up in the back. We brought some of our stuff. So there's some gospel coins. That's one way that you can share the gospel. I'll, I'll leave those laying around. And people pick those up. Feel free to take some of those. Uh, also, there's a prayer card. Our prayer card is back there. If you want to take one of our prayer cards to remind you to pray for us. Uh, if you want to sign up for our quarterly newsletter, uh, yeah, or, or so, yeah, <laughs> you probably got the newest copy. Or if you didn't, we mailed it out Thursday or Friday. So if you don't, the envelope is on the desk. Okay, very good. So the new, you read it yesterday. Okay, so the newest one is out. And uh, so pray for us on that. One of the things, uh, if you could pray for us too, please. Uh, 2018, as far as our personal support, was like the perfect storm or imperfect storm, how you, however you want to look at that. Uh, our support last year was down $9,000. So uh, I was a bit surprised about it, too. Um, just all of a sudden, uh, yeah, everything lined up and boom. So please pray with us on that. A couple of camp stories before I preach, okay? A couple of camp stories. You'll enjoy these. Staff training. Katie, uh, Kate, not our Katie, no. Katie, is, she was 14 years old last year. Uh, elegant gal. In fact, she's a competitive dancer, does well competitive dancing. And so Cindy and I, we always interview the staff. Cindy and I interview the female staff at camp. And so this was her first year for serving at camp. And she, she told, we always ask her, what do you want to do? She told us this, Katie told us this, that she would love to be a cabin leader, but she would do whatever the Lord wanted her to do, even if that meant doing the worst possible job. Then she went on to define what she thought the worst possible job was. She says, even clean the boys' bathroom after chilly night. That's a servant of the Lord right there. And we're going to make sure her tetanus shot is current, too, for doing that. <clears throat> Yeah, there you go. And we laugh and giggle. Yeah, have a safe trip home. <clears throat> You're welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so if you could see, Kate, again, Ella, she's a taller gal. Uh, yeah, it's, she actually ran the interview. This was her first interview. We're trying to run the interview, and she ran it. Uh, so anyway, we fall in love with uh, Katie. Uh, she's from the Deer Park area. Teen camp. Now, I had the honor, I was asked last year to teach a workshop uh, to the boys at camp, at teen camp. Uh, an hour each day, uh, and so uh, approximately half, the, so I get two days, Monday and Tuesday with about half the boys, Wednesday, Thursday with the rest of the half the boys, approximately. And so approximately that amount. And so uh, I says, well, what do you want to teach, Rob? She says, I thought, you know, I'll teach a, a class on the measure of a man, about being a godly man in an ungodly world. Part of my talk was an attempt to mentor these boys, these teenagers, on how to deal rightly with girls. Okay. So I started this point of my talk by seriously saying this. I said this to all of them. I says, we're all men here, right? They thought that was pretty cool to be called that. 
And so I, then I went on and I said, we can have some mature man talk, right? And at this point, I had them on the edge of all their seats. I had their full attention. I says, uh, okay, here's the deal about girls. Now I had them in the palm of my hand. I said, here's the deal about girls. I says, okay, they're pretty and they smell nice. At that point, one teen boy raised his hand. He quickly spoke up and he said, evidently you haven't met my sister. His name will not be given out for fear of reprisals from said sister. And uh, I totally lost the group at that point. Were, were you there for that one, John? You, you were there. Yes. You have a witness. I, we, have, we have a witness. Okay. I totally lost it. It's still killing me. <clears throat> so, yes, he will remain unnamed for fear of reprisals from his girl, this sister that must smell kind of gamey and is <laughs> physically challenged, beautifully challenged. <clears throat> anyway, killed me. Okay, uh, two more stories here. Camp, Teen camp. Tuesday night at the end of chapel, this is teen camp, the speaker called five or six of us forward. I don't remember if John, uh, John you were there. So again, uh, as adults uh, to come forward in, ch in chapel and if they, the speaker then encouraged if there's any teens that want an adult to pray for them to come forward. A number of teenagers came forward. I don't know, 20, 25. There was a herd that came forward. It was so cool. So I'm up there. Quickly, a young girl, teen girl, came up to me with tears. She was a little cutie. About... Short, yeah, about this size. <clears throat> Great big brown eyes and tears in her eyes. I thought, okay, if she needs adopting, I'm adopting this one right now. <clears throat> and uh, so I, being older, harder of hearing, I bent over and got close to her so I can hear, put my arm around her. And she said this, would you please pray for me? I says, I'd be glad to pray for you. I says, would you prefer to talk to one of the adult ladies? She says, no, I want to talk to you. Okay, now I'm all in for adopting this little gal, right? I, I told her at this point, I says, I'd be honored. I says, how can I pray for you? It's, it's obvious God was working in this little gal's heart. She sincerely told me how there's times that she struggles in her walk with Jesus. I wanted to encourage her. So I told her, I says, I'm a lot older than you are and been a Christian a long time. I'll come up on my 48th. Christian uh, birthday here in August, and I told her that uh, uh, I still struggle in my walk with Jesus, and that it's normal to struggle. Then I encourage her, I says, here's how we deal with this, we confess our sins, ask God to keep working and growing with us. So I got to help this little kitty. One last story here. I got the honor, I'm the uh, guy that teaches a fishing class at uh, camp, right? Go be surprised about that one. <clears throat> so nine and ten year old camp. Okay, they start getting cute. The teenagers, they're are they cute? Yes. Y yes. Okay, we love them. <laughs> they're adorable to us. 
And so uh, now we're down to nine and 10 year olds, so they're really getting super cute at this point, okay? This adorable young gal in my fishing class. I, th I put them all in my truck, my tr back of my truck is full of kids, and I've got anywhere from 10 to 12 in the back of my, it fills up the back of my truck, right? And so this adorable little gal. Uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, cute as a bug's ear. So I did roll call in my class because you got to make sure you have them, right? They, you don't know where they're at half the time. 11 kids, 11 kids, big class. So I called out and I said, is this Haley here? She replied in her squeaky little voice. She said this, here, but you can call me Peaches. Okay, I'm endeared, all, endeared to Peaches already. Peaches told me while fishing, and I quote Peaches, I plan when I catch a fish is to do the time-honored family tradition. Knowing this gal is only nine or 10 years old, I have socks in my sock drawer that's older than Peaches. Okay, I was curious what this tradition was. So she says, well, uh, it's this, when you catch a fish, you're supposed to kiss it. Oh, well, okay, I laughed out loud. And so sure enough, little Peaches catches a fish. So I asked her, did you ki kiss your fish? She says, no, I'm waiting for a bigger fish. <laughs> so isn't that cute? I got outsmarted by a nine and 10 year old. Little Peaches, later that week, guess what little Peaches did? Caught a bigger fish? Well, she came to know Jesus as her savior. You guys got camp brochures? Guess who that is on the front? I don't, I don't get to say who gets on these brochures. Guess who that is? That's your new sister in the Lord, Peaches, right there. Okay, yeah, isn't that sweet? Okay, thank you, hon buns. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to talk to us more, we'll be around, holler at us, etc. If you want to know more about our ministry, um, ask us. So, but thank you for your prayer support, support, your financial support. Okay, very good. Let me start preaching now here. Uh, if you'll turn with me, please, to, if you don't know it already, Psalms 23. And I would like to read it again. So once you get there, if you could please stand in honor of God's word, if you're capable. If not, that's cool too. But uh, yeah, when you have a moment, uh, please stand as I read God's word here. Here's what the Lord has, has given us. Psalms 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for all that you've done for us, Lord. And I know we are just starting to grasp uh, the depth of all that you've done for us. We praise you for that, Lord. Lord, help us not to take that for granted. Help develop in each one of our hearts that deep appreciation of what you have given us and called us to as being your children, Lord. 
Heavenly Father, I pray now, Lord, for each one of us here, Lord. Lord, I even beg you, help us to not miss what you have for us this morning, Lord. Lord, I am so aware and I've done it myself. I've, I've, so many times I've missed what you've the blessing you've intended for me, Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, would you please empower each one of us that whatever it is out there that's trying to grab and steal and remove us from hearing what you have, Lord, would you please protect us from that, Lord? Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, would you please help me to communicate your words clearly and concisely, Lord? Lord, please take the words of this old, wore-out missionary. Take the words, and Lord, you do your great work with that, Lord. I pray, Lord, that everybody here gets a fresh glimpse of your son, Jesus, Lord. Lord, take missionary Rob, move him out of the way, and Lord, you do your work. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for this. We give this to you in your sweet name. Amen. Please be seated. Psalms 23, my favorite psalm. Uh, you know, back when, uh, years ago, uh, Sunday school, it was required a memorization. D did any of you have that back when uh, maybe you still do that? Uh, but, you know, I was always kind of curious when I was younger, well, why Psalms 23? There's a whole bunch of Psalms out there. Why Psalms 23? And as you study out Psalms 23, it becomes very obvious why uh, that was chosen by uh, the 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 people of the past for us to memorize. I love Psalms 23. Title of my sermon this morning, you've probably seen it, it's in the bulletin there, that little piece of paper. It's stated in the form of a question. It's not meant to be in the form of a question. It's meant to be in the, it looks like a question. It's meant to be more of a declaration. The title is this, Is the Lord Your Shepherd? Is the Lord Your Shepherd? Now, when I was 10 years old in that sunflower garden, when I was on my knees in that dirty garden, and I said, Jesus, I'm a sinner, save me. At that point, God became my shepherd. So at the point you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, God is your shepherd, okay? So I'm not questioning that. So what I am trying to get us to consider and um, to understand is this idea, okay? The concept. The title, again, is The Lord Your Shepherd. The concept is this. Ultimate trust in our sweet Heavenly Father. Ultimate trust in our sweet Heavenly Father. Or another way of fleshing that out is this. Trusting yourself to the care of the shepherd. Trusting yourself. You know, it's not uncommon. Uh, as we go about uh, the, our days, our weeks, etc., that uh, there's often an indictment, that would probably be a great way of saying it, uh, of our faith, a crisis in faith that leads us to some kind of indictment where we ask ourselves the question, can we trust our Heavenly Father? Okay, this happens in life, that happens in life, that happens in life. What's going on here? Can we trust our Heavenly Father? So there's that indictment. So this is a sermon to combat that indictment, okay? Psalms 23, I love it. Let me give you a couple of examples here. Uh, example of Jesus, okay? Entrusting himself to the care of our shepherd, our heavenly father. Matthew 26, you know, we're coming up on the Easter, uh, Palm Sunday uh, coming up, etc. cetera. Uh, so, uh, Matthew 26, 39, and you'll remember these words, the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus says this. He says, Father, this is powerful. Imagine what Jesus knowing is coming his way. Jesus says this, Father, not my will, but your will be done. 
You see the sweet trust and acceptance. As, as moments later, drops of blood came out of his pores from the incredible stress, and then the horrible death on the cross. That's a sweet trust. How about Hebrews 12, too? Talking about uh, Jesus again. states this. We love this passage. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and protector of our faith, who for the joy set before him, catch that, who for the joy set before him, not necessarily the joy now, okay? Not Joy might be stripped from us now. We might be in some sense of anguish. But for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand uh, at the throne of God. Here's what's going on. God is always at work. God is always at work. That gives you a sense of purpose. Even through the ugliness of life, the trials at life, God is busy shepherding you and walking you through those. Here's another great statement. God never wastes the pain. If you don't learn anything else in this sermon, I got a number of stakes here, okay? So don't just quit on me, please. Uh, you can tell I'm passionate about that. Do you see this in me here? And so, but here's, here's one that's great to remember. Cindy and I, all the time, re- remind ourselves of this. God never wastes the pain. If I can grab each one of you by the lapels, I take a breath mint first, okay? A breath mint, so I wasn't offending you by my, my, my breath. And I look at you and go, God never wastes the pain. Did you catch that one? So when you're hurting, the knife is stuck in your back, and it's, you're bleeding out. Please realize, please realize this. God's going to take that. He's going to redeem that. He'll do that. Okay. Interesting. The quality of our shepherd. This, there's that indictment about the quality of our shepherd. Can we trust? When we doubt this, it makes life tough on us. I have doubted it. I'm guilty Reverend Robert McDowell, missionary. Man, I am guilty of this. You know, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Oh, I have sacrificed peace in my life. I have sacrificed joy in my life because I have allowed myself to, um, I've allowed this, Life has beaten me down. I've allowed it to beat down, and I've not accepted this idea of trusting myself to the care of the shepherd. Okay. John 14. First uh, John 4:16. There we go. First John. I sat on this for my devotions. One verse. I don't remember how long I sat on this. Three weeks. Maybe three weeks. Maybe it was longer. I do not. I. You know, I gave myself permission. You know how you feel guilt if you're not reading like the chapter a day or whatever, those things. I thought, you know, this is where I'm at. I've been beat to a bloody pulp. And I'm, I'm Lord, are you okay with me sitting on this? Rob, sit on it. Okay. First John 4, 16 states this. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Let me stick quote it again. 1 John 4, 16, and we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. 
We have come to know. What's the idea? Know is the head knowledge, okay? Uh, we have come to know and to believe. What is believe? Believe is that heart knowledge. When we understand that, it's fleshed out in our life. Here's another chunk of steak, okay? Here's another chunk of steak. This is imperative of your Christian walk. Each of us must accept that God loves us. If that's all you get out of this sermon, remember there's more steak coming. But did you hear that though? Each of us must accept that God loves us. You must, you, for your spiritual health, for any hope at joy, peace in your life, you must accept that God loves you. God loves each and every one of you more than you can even fathom with your human mind. Even when we get to glory, I mean, we're not going to be omniscient when we get to heaven, all-knowing. Uh, we're going to know a whole lot more. I don't even know even then can we grasp how much God loves us. But did you catch that? Each of us must accept that God loves us. You must, you must, you must. There's times that kind of goes over, not kind of, there's times that goes over my head. Really? Lord, I fail you. I fail you. Okay, it leads me to the next statement. God loves you. And his love is, now this is our shepherd, right? There's been an indictment. Hmm, what about the shepherd? Care of us, all this stuff happens in our life. God loves you, and his love is, oh, I love this, unconditional. Ooh, more Holy Spirit bumps. Unconditional, not only unconditional, but permanent. Let this move from the head to the heart. His love of you is unconditional and permanent. It will, it will not change. That's a pulp pounder. It will not change. It's unconditional. You can't get around it. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot. A story about my oldest boy. My wife shared he's schizophrenic. Most of you know that already. I've known it for uh, a while. Uh, one of the times he was uh, interned uh, here at um, Eastern Washington State Hospital. Barbed wire facility, locked doors, all of that, right? And so, uh, anyway, all of a sudden one night, we'd had a great night. The other two kids, we were at a football banquet for Joshua. We get home, I, we get a phone call from Eastern Washington State Hospital. They call up and they says, your son has just escaped and you need to call your local law enforcement to ask them how they want to protect you. Oh, that's just a little piece of what our life is like. We can tell you how, uh, many, many, that's why we don't go together right now to go do his errands, okay? And I have an escape plan, okay, when I go help my boy out. So this is our boy. We, he didn't sign on for schizophrenia. We didn't sign on for this, but he's my boy. Guess what? His Love is unconditional, right? Impermanent. His last name is still McDowell. He's my boy. Do I still love my boy? I still love my boy. Even last, was it Wednesday? Last Wednesday, I ran uh, errands for him, with him. 
And I looked at him, I thought, this is my, this is Rob's son, my boy. I love him. And I told, I tell him that. And I call him my son. Son, I love you. And when we get close, when we get done with the end of the day, I say, son, can I pray for you? And I pray with him. It's unconditional. What do you think your heavenly father feels towards you? Here's a boy that's threatened to kill us how many times? That we've honestly had to def- be, be ready. And I still love my boy. Unconditionally. You know, one of the things that, uh, here's another nugget, another steak to throw out at you. Okay? <clears throat> um, I pray this. Lord, you know, a couple months, it was a couple months ago, thinking through Psalms 23 again, and, you know, the care of the shepherd is the Lord your shepherd, the care of the shepherd. One of the smartest, what a smart prayer request I prayed was this, and now I pray this with people. I pray this with, with people when people want me to pray for them. I, I'll pray, I, I pray this for myself. I said, I'll say, Heavenly Father, can I see, can you show me today your shepherding care of me? Lord, can you show me? Lord, I need your encouragement. I've been beaten down. Lord, can, I, can you show me your care of me? And as I go about my day's business pretty soon, nothing audible, of course, but you get that little nudge. Hey, Rob, I, I covered you on that one. Did you see me work there? Oh, yeah. A little while. Hey, I, I, I covered you over here. And, and it's like, oh, that is so so encouraging our sweet shepherd meeting me where I am at reaffirming that I am his child that I am his sheep and he is my shepherd do that for yourselves if that's all you learn today there's a whole bunch of those it'll blow your mind okay another nugget this is still introduction by the way (laughs) two points to the sermon okay Another nugget. Then we'll move to, move to point one. Another nugget. Okay. The only way God will ever relate to you is in love. The only way. The only way. He will not step outside the concept of loving you. Let that encourage you. The only way God will relate to you is in love. Talk about beating the indictment. Okay. Point number one. Okay, I'm going to deal with the first half of the verse first. So point number one is the Lord is my shepherd. The first, the first point is the Lord is my shepherd. The whole verse states this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Okay, the verse, first half of the verse, the Lord is my shepherd. First, the name Lord. The, if you notice how it's spelled here, which is significant how it's spelled, it's spelled capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Okay, capital O. It's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. This is one of the 12 names for our Heavenly Father. And it's the same name of God as in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So anyway, and there's also for our Heavenly Father, there's 12 different names for God, uh, such as Elohim, Jehovah, Adonai, etc., in this case, Psalm 23, uh, it's the same as in Proverbs 3. Um, so the name of God here translates this, Jehovah or Yahweh. 
It's the same, the same meaning behind those names. Jehovah or Yahweh. Each name of God, if you haven't done a study through the names of God, it's very, very fascinating. Each name means something uh, special about God. In fact, when you look through, I think it's the first 11 or 12 times in Scripture, Genesis chapter 1, it says, and God said, and God said, and God, so capital G-O-D. That's another name for God. I believe that's Elohim, I think, if my memory serves me correctly. And it means something else specific. Do a study on that. You will be blessed by doing that. Uh, each name of God means something specific. There's different names, a number of names for the Holy Spirit. There's a number of names for Jesus also. The Lord here, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Jehovah slash uh, Yahweh means the self-existent one. Okay, now this is our shepherd we're talking about. The self-existent one also means the eternal one. This name is used between five and 6,000 times in the Bible. God is he who has never been created. He has always existed, a concept that is intriguing and blows my mind. Before creation, there was God. What was that like? No sun, no moon, no stars, no earth, no Roberts, okay? God was there. All other things needed to be created. The, the universe, angels, man, Robert, okay? Animals, Robert and animals is sometimes synonymous. Just ask my wife about that. Uh, God, God, our shepherd, is so profoundly unique, without a doubt, beyond our ability to totally grasp. David says this, it is this person who is my shepherd. It's this person who is my shepherd. Who is your shepherd? Are you submitting yourself to the care of a shepherd? You know, interesting, in this time of history, have you seen this? Now, most of us have been around a few years. I remember back, oh, 30, 40 years ago, hearing about uh, end times prophecies uh, and correctly stated that there will be uh, a world ru ruler that will rise up. We know him as Antichrist, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, back 40 years ago, kind of understanding politically the different countries and the um, amount of uh, lack of the, all the different countries of uh, desire to do such. Haven't you noticed in the last 40 years that there's been a movement and now the globe is looking? Have you noticed that? The globe is looking, not to be political or anything. This is no, no political. Do you remember when Obama got elected? The globe celebrated when Obama got elected. Like, really, the globe? What's going on here? What? He's a senator. I mean, not bad mouth nothing. He, he's just a senator. And it wasn't he like a senator for two weeks or something? It wasn't, very, it wasn't very long. And now the globe? What is, ooh, there's a shift taking place. Okay, not to be, uh, how about Oprah? There, how many people follow Oprah? People are begging Oprah to run for president. Really? Don't follow Oprah. Pray for Oprah, okay? She needs to get saved. I remember uh, when I was in high school, uh, got saved when I was 10, led people to Jesus. When I got in high school, my love for the Lord grew cold. I had some idle, other things became more important. Okay, I wasn't subjecting myself to the care of the shepherd as I should have been. I still went to church, I still did my devotions, but it was about my own agenda. 
Guess what? The most miserable seven or eight years of my life. Okay. Okay, what does the word shepherd mean? This is an easy one. A shepherd is a person who takes care of sheep. Duh. By the way, a shepherd is so common in the Middle East that all Middle Easterners would be very knowledgeable, knowledgeable about what, what it means to be a shepherd, as well as the characteristics of sheep. What is David communicating in the psalm? David is using the shepherd-sheep relationship to illustrate, flesh out the proper way we respond to God and how God views us. Scripture says of David twice that David is a man after God's own heart. Without a doubt, how David views his walk with God is part of how Scripture, why Scripture gives David that great title. I would love to be known as a man after God's own heart. Okay? I guess if I say that of myself, it's not as meaningful if somebody else says it about me, right? But uh, I wouldn't say that about myself. This is a trustworthy statement. Sheep, actually, actual fuzzy four-legged sheep are toast without a shepherd. Sheep are helpless without a shepherd. Sheep are dependent on the shepherd. Do you see any spiritual application here already? Trust yourself to the care of the shepherd. Why are sheep toast without a shepherd? Number one, they are a prey animal. What does this mean? Do they slap their cute little hooves together and pray? No. What, what, does it, what it does mean is that when God created sheep, he intended for them to feed any carnivore that was hungry for mutton. They were created to be preyed upon. Their only defense, they have one defense. Lucky for the sheep, they've got one defense, is to run. Okay? Now, I got on Google here a while ago, and I thought, okay, well, what can a sheep do? A really fast sheep can run clocked at 38 miles an hour. I would die in hysterics <laughs> to watch the short little legs kicking up dust going across the field you got your radar gun 37 38 score for the sheep okay i'm sure it's tongues hanging out of its mouth got oxygen probably too i i would die laughing i would die laughing okay 38 miles per hour is the good news for the sheep the bad news for the sheep is that a lion can go 50 miles an hour I know what you're thinking. Let me just say it out loud. Mutton, it's what's for dinner. <clears throat> Mutton, I got a couple of these. Mutton, the other white meat. <laughs> MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. I'm having fun. I got a couple more. <clears throat> Kentucky fried mutton, it's finger licking good. And my last one, I'll have a McMutton sandwich and with fries, large size that, please. Sheep are also high maintenance. Is there a connection between us Christians and sheep? Duh. Yes, sheep need to be led to pasture. Sheep need to be led to water. Sheep need help at lambing time. A sheep is also described as weak and foolish. Hmm. I'm identifying with a sheep. Are you? Sheep stink also. <laughs> Have you hung around a sheep? Yes. It's like, oh, dude, you look at the guy next to you. Was that? Is, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> did you shower? Oh, it must be the sheep. So I 
the Reverend Robert McDowell, been saved almost uh, 48 years here in a few months. I stink. I have gone to the Lord thousands of times in prayer during my 40, almost 48 years of a Christian, and I've asked Jesus to forgive me of my foolish, sinful behavior. I'll often come before Jesus and I'll say, Heavenly Father, it's me again. I cherish having nothing between me and my Heavenly Father. I love that sweet spot. I love that sweet Amazing thought. Oh, here's a good one. Amazing thought that our almighty, infinite Lord assumes towards his people the office and character of a shepherd. A shepherd is a position of lowliness and humility. It's common. When we realize this, we should respond with great and grateful admiration that our great God allows himself to show us his great love and care for his people. He, God, is our provider, preserver, director. Why would God even bother? Why would he even bother? What is in his nature that he would put up with us? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's God's nature to love, to be selfless, to give us gifts, to call us into his family. I'm humbled. An illustration. Okay, there's a family that uh, they come to camp. Uh, a number of you know the Shield family. Um, yeah, the girls have been summer missionaries for us. Uh, the wife has spoken at some of the women's camps. So the Shields, wonderful, wonderful Christian people there. In fact, I was his youth group leader 35 years ago uh, up here at Chowila, and they, they live over there in North Idaho now. So uh, anyway, so uh, they're remarkable people. They love Jesus, and they'll adopt uh, children that are uh, physically, seriously physically disabled, uh, all sorts of disabilities. And they'll love them and take care of them. One such uh, little child, little bit, little bitty infant baby boy that the mother is a drug mother. And one night she tried to kill the little boy and suffocated him. So permanent brain damage to this little cutie. And so, of course, they adopted him and they're trying to get him uh, care taken and all that. And the doctor said, well, hey, you might want to consider hyperbaric uh, treatments for this little guy. Uh, that might help re, uh, get the brain going again. So they thought, okay, we'll do it. Checked into insurance. Guess what insurance said? No. Well, here this sweet family, guess what they've been doing for X amount of years? They've been saving for a down payment on a house. Putting away money for a house. Guess what they did with that money? went and got their little boy hyperbaric treatments. He's responding, he's doing better. He's got a long ways to go, long ways to go. Okay, sheep is also a thought about being a sheep. It's a proper property of a shepherd. Big money is paid for the sheep. The owner is looking forward to the possibilities concerning the sheep. Firstly, when you trusted Jesus to save you from your sin, you became God's property, you're not your own. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. We're, we're, you and I are to be about the shepherd's business. Are we doing something to serve Jesus? Every day, Cindy and I pray for each other. 
we shower, we brush our teeth. Maybe you should say an amen to that. Thank you, Missionary Rob, brushing your teeth. We sit down often on the bed or the couch. If we're running late, it's in the car. That's the way it was this morning. Okay, let's get to Trinity. <clears throat> and we pray for each other. I'll pray for my wife. I say, Heavenly Father, we hold hands. It's kind of romantic. And I says, Heavenly Father, would you please use my wife today? And if there's anything pressing, oh, I know, there's not no 20-minute prayer, just a little pop. And then she'll say the same for me. The Lord honors that prayer all the time. Secondly, sheep were costly. You and I cost the shepherd much, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus, a lamb without blemish or defect. Big money was paid for you and I. What does that mean? Part, at least part of what that means is you and I are of great worth. What does that do to our, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of work out there about our self-esteem, our self-worth. What does that do for that? Guess what? You are great riches in God's eyes. Thirdly, the owner is looking forward to the possibilities concerning the sheep, fellowship, service. One of my favorite verses, I've told my wife I'd like this to be at my funeral, John 17, 24, Christ's high, high priestly prayer, just one verse of it, it's a long prayer. Jesus says this, Heavenly Father, I want those that you have given me, guess what, to be with me and to see my glory, the glory you have given me before the creation of the world. There's the heart of our Savior, Jesus. Second point, and this is not a long point. Not a long point. But I love the, the chunk of meat in this one. The last part of that verse says, I shall not be in want. I shall not be in want. For years, I thought, well, what in the world? Well, what? What's David thinking there with that one? Fascinating statement. What does it mean? It means this. It means this. It means to have a legitimate and confident contentment with God and his plan for your life. Wow. Hmm. Let me state that again. That's not easy. I'm not saying that's easy. It means to have a legitimate and a confident contentment with God and his plan for your life. The Amplified Version says, I shall not lack. I am happy with how the shepherd is treating me. I shall not lack. I'm happy. One of the commentaries, Spurgeon says this, wrote in his own words. He says, I might want otherwise, but when the Lord is my shepherd, he's able to supply my needs, and he is certainly willing to do so. For his heart is full of love, and therefore I shall not want. That's a big one. I struggle with that. I wrestle with that. Closing illustration here. Here a few years ago... <clears throat> Uh, it was July at camp, and somebody gave Cindy and I a nice check. Oh, good day. Here, Missionary Rob, $1,000. You know, in the missionary word, you know, world, you know what you call that? Missionary score. <laughs> Thousand bucks. And at the time, we were making payments on our car. I was thinking, oh, yeah. I love when I get to make a, a principal payment on anything I owe. Run down to the bank. This is going against that car loan. I pray when I have a loan, I say, Lord, would you please just help us get this off our shoulders? I don't want it sitting there. So I got a hot $1,000 in my pocket. Oh, no, yeah. Okay. 
two days after I got that check. My daughter calls. And I pick up the phone, and here's how she, here's how she lets me know uh, who it is. Uh, she, uh, she responds by saying, Daddy. Now, usually that means it's going to cost me money. <clears throat> okay? So she says, Daddy, my, and she's in Wisconsin, right? My little gal that I call Babushka. That's my nickname for her. That means grandma in Russian, by the way, which makes it that much cuter. But uh, uh, so she calls me up, says, Dad, my car's not running well. I says, okay, tell me what's going on. I get it to the shop. Guess what it cost me? Nine hundred denaro. The car was not getting paid off that month. <clears throat> okay, nine hundred bucks. You remember the parable of the lost sheep? The ninety-nine over here. There's a hundred. The shepherd call uh, looks through there. There's ninety-nine. There's one that's lost. The shepherd goes to find. Does a lot of work to find the lost sheep. And do you know when, when the shepherd in that story finds the lost sheep, where does he put the sheep? Oh, yeah, up on the shoulders. Ooh, close. The shepherd desires that fellowship with the sheep on his shoulders in his presence. Is the Lord your shepherd? Are you submitting to the care of the shepherd? Do you have the peace that comes with truly that sweet trust with the shepherd? John 10, Jesus states of himself, I am the good shepherd. Hebrews 13, Jesus says, I am the great shepherd. First Peter, Jesus says, he is the chief shepherd. Trusting in our shepherd. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this, these wonderful truths. I pray, Lord, would you please burn these truths deep into each one of our hearts, Lord. Lord, please, please empower us. Lord, would you please, as each day goes by, grow us to love you more. Help grow us to understand. Help, Lord, I pray this for every one of us. Help us to see your shepherding care of each one of us, Lord, today, tomorrow, or this week, Lord, your way, your time, your how. Would you, Lord, would you please do that? Thank you for being our shepherd. Heavenly Father, I also pray for this. Lord, if there's somebody here that has not trusted your son, Jesus, as their, as their Savior, if there's somebody here that has not yet to do that, Lord, and, Lord, that they would like to do that right now, I pray, Lord, that in the quietness of their mind, they pray this prayer to you. Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, being buried for me, and then three days later rising from the dead. Jesus, give me eternal life. Save me, Jesus. Now, Jesus, grow me to love you more, Lord. See, each day goes by. We praise you for this. In your son's name, amen. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Brother Rob, for feeding us that spiritual food this morning. Our Lord loves our Brother Rob, and uh, he knows his heart. <laughs>